This is K-Pop Sunday brought to you by K-Pop Sunday before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Old R, Men, and JR. Hi, welcome to episode 34. So back in an olden episode, we mentioned that Rain was previously a member of the first generation group fan club. And we also mentioned that their debut song, Search for a Dream, is actually a cover of Chumbawamba's Tub Thumping. And it is amazingly bizarre. So this episode is going to be all about K-pop songs that are covers, remakes, turns out to be purchased by Western songs. That's basically it. So I'm going to start us off with the one that I personally think is really obvious, but a lot of people have forgotten about it or don't know about it because it's getting old. Time is moving on. We're not in the 2000s anymore, (laughs) thankfully. But also, time has moved on. So, SM Entertainment, they're fun, likes to work with foreign music producers. We all know. But back in 09, Shiny released the beautiful, the lovely Juliet, which many high school musical fans would notice is actually a remake of Corbin Blue's song, Deal With It, that came out in 2007. But actually, it turns out that the song Deal With It was originally written by a dude called Jay Sean, who is mainly a songwriter and producer, but he also has released his own music. And Deal With It was actually supposed to be his title track for his second album. But he was like, nah, man, I think Corbin Blue could do it better. So he gave it to Corbin. And then later, SM Entertainment bought the rights for deal with it and that made it into Juliet. The logistics in the music world is strange, but it is hilarious. Because the songs sound the same, the lyrics are oh so different (laughs) from deal with it to Juliet. You should go listen to it, it's fun. Watch High School Musical too if you're too young. I mean, we've talked about this song way more times than you guys would probably think. Like, there's no reason for us to have mentioned this song to each other as many times as we have. (laughs) You know, like that, you know, like that meme where it's like, oh, did you know that in ancient Rome, they used to fill up the Colosseum with water and do like ship battles? Yeah, yeah. This is the K-pop Zombies version of (laughs) that. We keep telling each other this. We don't shut up about it. And it's just that we all knew about High School Musical and we all like Shiny. So I think that that's why it came up. That probably. we all like were aware of it and we we just don't shut up about it. This is probably the first time we've ever talked about it publicly, but we talk about this at least twice a month. It comes we've done that for all like the time. Every <laughs> and we've been like talking together since like what, 2018? So yeah. this is like two to three years where we don't shut up about this song. <laughs> and we gotta mention it. It's and so we finally have a reason to. <laughs> Yes. We had another thing that. Whoa. Okay. I won't mention it. It'll come up. We, we do. Yeah. Yeah. We just we talk about it a stupid amount. It is really silly how many times we talk about it. But if you listen to nothing else today that we recommend, please listen to the Corbin Blue song and also the Shiny song. If you've not heard either, you need to. We beg you. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, the Corbin Blue version is such bad quality. At this point, it's just watching pixels on a screen. There's no definition. Yeah. yeah. But you can get the gist. You're like, okay, I yeah, see what yeah. it was. Yeah. 
But it's great. And we're all Corbin Blue people. We were never Zac Efron people. Yes. All right. So I was actually kind of struggling with this episode trying to find songs because I had a few in my mind and then I was kind of going back and forth on it. And then I found this forum post from I don't know how long ago. It was very long ago because there was not a ton of recent releases on there. And I know there's been more remakes like the ones we're talking about in recent years. And on there, I saw that Jinushan released a song called How Deep Is Your Love in 1999. And I was like, hold on, is this is this the song I am thinking of? And yes, it is. This song is a remake of the Bee Gees song titled the same thing, How Deep Is Your Love, that was released in 1977. So 22 years later, Jinu Sean, a late 90s hip-hop duo and YG Entertainment's first artists, remade the song and used it as their title track off of their album, Taekwon 5. And it is actually fantastic. I'm obsessed. It's so 90s, first of all. And they kind of made it like R&B. And at first I was like, I can kind of hear the music in the background. That's essentially the same song. But they hadn't used really many of the lyrics in the first half of the song. But then they start sprinkling it in toward the end. And I just really like how they made it theirs. You know, like a lot of these, you'll hear them and it's word for word. Not word for word, but it's... It just sounds like the exact same song, and that's because they purchased the rights to it. But something as iconic as How Deep Is Your Love, to buy the rights to that song and then release their version of it, it would be kind of weird, especially if it's Jinu Sean who we're talking about. It would be really weird if they took like the exact same formula and applied it to theirs, but they really made it original in that way. So I highly recommend this one. And the video is great. They're like at a beach or something. I, I enjoyed it all around. And it was also my first time hearing it. So yeah, a really great song. Highly recommend. Yeah, good summer vibes. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the Bee Gees and I didn't know that this was a thing. Really? Yeah, I do like it. I like the Bee Gees and I like K-pop. Like I do like Ginny yeah, Sean. I've got see, quite a few of their songs. And I did not make the connection. I'm a <laughs> fake fan of the Bee Gees and Ginny Sean. See, Tragic. yeah, I, I know of Jinushan, but I would say that I know the Bee Gees more than I know Jinushan, and I didn't know that this was <laughs> That's a thing fair. either, That's so it was a cool crossover for sure. And also yeah. an interesting one, like you don't often see yes. songs that are not pop songs. Like, I mean, I guess you could say the Bee Gees are pop, but 70s pop, you don't, <laughs> you don't really see that happen. I love it when K-pop songs take Western songs that have nothing to do with K-pop, don't even sound like they should be K-pop, and then they turn it into that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is like our next song, which is Turbo's Komun Koyangi Nero, which was released in 1995. And the title translates as Black Cat Nero. And this is actually the oldest song we're going to be talking about today, as it's Turbo's 1995 hit song. It was originally an Italian children's song called Volevo Un Gatto Nero, which was released in 1969. It is also commonly referred to as Kuro Neko no Tango, as a Japanese version of the song was also recorded in 1969 by kids in Japan. And just kind of break it down, Kuro means black, neko, cat, tango means like tango <laughs> so it's like the black cats dance basically i just thought it was cute because i do speak japanese so it's very cute i thought the song was way older than 1969 but i could not find 
anywhere that was like a good source that could corroborate that. So we're saying 1969. If it is much older, which I suspect it is, please tell us and give us a source. Because I could not find that anywhere. I looked. Turbo is not the only group to do this song, as it was covered by ATs last Halloween and Kim Jong-guk who is a member of Turbo, appeared in the music video for it. And I am a huge sucker for callbacks and inclusion, so I absolutely loved this. I loved AT's take on it. Kim Jong-guk is great. I love watching him on variety shows. When I first saw him, I thought he was like 25, and he was probably 30-something at that point. <laughs> he just looks yeah. so much younger than he is. It's his face. He's got a baby yeah, face. Yeah, he's got a baby face, which is hilarious because he is ripped. So it's like well, the body doesn't match the face because... type thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know his story. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about that again, but yeah, he's got a good reason to be ripped. Yeah, he's cool. Oh, yeah, very. I love the Turbo song because they make such catchy and EDM style music that I just love, but I hate that music video so much. Yeah, the music oh, video is kind of so creepy. <laughs> So, Min, what's another good song we should listen to? Well, for somebody who has not watched Produce 101 and probably never will watch it, I feel like I bring up IOI quite a lot during this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but yeah, IOI's What a Man is a cover. Shocker to not old people. <laughs> you this, that didn't listen to music in the 90s or music from the 90s, you probably didn't know and that is completely fine. But most olden people like ourselves were like, ah, yes, this is probably a cover of Salt and Peppers featuring En Vogue's What a Man from 1993. But it turns out that IOI's What a Man isn't a cover of the Salt and Pepper song. Because both of these two songs take the same sample from a 1968 single called What a Man by Linda Lindell, who was a gospel singer. And she didn't release a lot of music because releasing a lot of music in the 60s as a black woman from a small town is not the easiest. But it is a great song. You can find it on YouTube and you should definitely go listen to it. A lot of good K-pop wouldn't have been around if it wasn't for black people sharing their music and making music and just being great. But yeah, you should go listen to all of these songs. Both the Salt and Pepper song, IOI song, and Linda's beautiful song. This song is so catchy, and it's specifically the IOI version that sticks in my head, just because I've heard it, like I know of the Salt and Pepper version, but I've heard the IOI mm. version more. Um, and it's yeah. just so catchy. But I will say, the styling of this music video is very questionable, given how old some of the girls were at the time. Yeah. I think they leaned a bit too far on the sexy side for how old, like, Somi was, and uh, who was the other one? I don't know. I Like, I know the girls, but I don't think all of IOI actually participated in this song. It wasn't, like, a subgroup. There was weird things with IOI. We could probably have an entire episode just on like them as a project group but the song itself is really good so yeah my only problem was with the music video was that the song is what a good man 
And, like, that's what, like, the lyrics are in English, at least. Yeah. But, like, the music video is, like, this really awful guy who, like, ignores his girl until she basically does the movie transformation of being pretty, which is, like, she's already really pretty. Like, and also, like, her friends are, like, trying to help her be, like, oh, here's how you walk in heels and stuff like that. She was fine originally. What she needs to do is dump that guy and get a better one. The concept. That's really what it should have been. It was wrong. It was not right for what... (laughs) they were trying to do yeah it was just mm, it didn't no fit. thank you i just want to say a thing uh about the salt and pepper thing because i'm not a big fan of them or like i'm not gonna be like i listen to all their music because i didn't i was a child in the 90s but yeah, i think yeah. i've actually heard their version of the song more in commercials than anything because i i think that's what where i've heard it from because i don't know but i remember seeing the ioi thing and instantly clocking it as oh this is a cover and i'm being like i don't know who <laughs> Where this cover is from, I just know that it's a cover. So I think they, I've heard it through commercials, <laughs> which is kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. The people have bought the rights to over the years. It was weird to me how many people thought it was original. We discussed this before, how yeah. there's yeah. certain of these songs who people think that this is like, oh, this is like the first time it's being sung. Like, oh, it's for this group. It's like, no, it's been no. around for decades. And then that's when you get like the fan outrage. Of people who were like, you stole this from an artist. How dare you? Decades ago. Which is a good segue. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Speaking of. (laughs) So, okay. In 2010, Girls' Generation released the song Run Devil Run. And it was the title track off of their second studio album entitled Oh. Okay, let me preface this. This song is really not in the same boat as the other songs because the quote-unquote original by Kesha in 2008 was only a demo. She never had any plans to release it. It sounded like from what I read, she made the demo as a favor to the two songwriters, which I can't remember their names off the top of my head. Apologies. So this song was never going to be released. And it wasn't even supposed to make its way onto the internet at all, but it did. And that's kind of where the problem starts because she doesn't have any writing credit for herself. And like I said, she wasn't going to release it. And then SM bought the song, but people still thought that Girls' Generation somehow plagiarized it. I'm assuming it was just a small little group of angry fans who maybe didn't know how the whole licensing process works. There's been this long-standing misconception that they somehow stole the song which doesn't work you can't just take a song and release it and have no repercussions there's i don't know the whole thing just makes me laugh but yeah the run devil run part is the only bit of english really that was kept but the songs are exactly the same otherwise like there's no really deviation from that and they're both really good you can like both of them and i feel like this is probably not even an issue anymore because it's been 11 years at this point since the girls generation version came out but if you see a list because it's still on lists saying that it's a remake of it but it's not a remake they just bought it They bought, it like, was a demo that just yeah, happened it was to be a voiced by Kesha. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, and that's the issue. You just because, happened to know the artist. Yeah, Kesha, she was big in the late 2000s. So the fact that she even had a demo of it, because as far as I know, big name stars, they don't do demos. They just, it's just not a thing. Demo work is for the unknown artists or just people who do it as a job. It's not usual for someone like Kesha to do a demo. 
So I think maybe that's where the misunderstanding started. And that's why people were like, well, it's her song. And it's not really. I'm sorry. It's Her version sounds great, but it's not her song. And Girls' Generation did a fantastic job. The video's fun. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't know how the music industry works. Because the music industry likes to keep everything behind very locked doors. And also, it's a confusing, weird mess. But demos made by other artists is very normal. Even with Blackpink's Lovesick Girls, I think. One of the demos for that song, I believe, was actually something that was supposed to be a 21 song back in the day. That they just scrapped for whatever reason. Like, a lot of music gets scrapped, get lost, get locked away in basements. And a lot of people buy stuff from other people. That's what this entire episode is. And I think I just made this all more confusing. But yeah, demos <laughs> and other things. It happens a lot. Weird, hot mess. Be more calm. Don't scream plagiarism immediately. Because a lot of people yeah. in the music fandoms do it. And it's annoying. <laughs> calm down. I think it's funny that you wrote here that Sones were trashing Kesha, who quote-unquote stole their song, even though her version came out two years before. <laughs> like, that like was it was thing. recorded two years before. That is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it's... That's common. I remember this whole... Like, not all the situation, but I remember a lot of people, a lot of K-pop fans shitting on Kesha because of this. And it's like, dudes, my bros, don't. Embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Time works. It was so it was basically both ways where there were people saying, Oh, SNSD stole from Kesha, and then there was the opposite side of people saying, No, Kesha stole from SNSD a couple years yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's the problem with people didn't realize it was a demo because you don't usually know demo artists. Although I feel like nowadays people understand that more. Like, I see for NCT and YV, people are aware of what the demos are and they like discuss them or they try to basically do mashups of them. But back mm -hmm. at that time, a lot of K-pop fans did not know that as much. And I think that that was the problem, that they didn't understand yeah. that. In K-pop, there's one group that used to be demo artists and they were also like voice coaches and stuff like that and they became a group. I don't know if you guys know V-Romance. Yeah. They're, yeah. Okay, they're in the same company as Mamamoo but they did not get the same attention, which is garbage. They did not get like the same attention, promotions, nothing. They were not treated as well as they should have been. They should have been the next SG wannabe. They had like the skills, their songs were, the lyrics were just beautiful. The music videos were impeccable. Like they deserved way better. So they're the only ones though I think of where like, also when they debuted, they were a much older age. Like, a couple of the members were, like, my age, and they were debuting in, like, their mid-20s. Wow. And, yeah, exactly. But it's because they had this long career in music, so they all had, like, these incredible voices, and then they became a group. And now, unfortunately, like, they're going through, like, their military enlistments. One of the members got married recently, but their discography is incredible, though. They should have been the next SG wannabe. They got robbed. They deserve better. The Kesha demo, I don't think actually surfaced until about 2008. Demos usually don't get released to the yeah. public. So I think that's why a lot of Sones were like, Ah, oh, she's stealing from oh, our biases. Okay. Because the song wasn't actually public that knowledge until somebody dug it up. So I think that explains a bit of it. I think, though, our original argument still stands, though, because 
we were saying that it was a demo and people flipped out thinking that, oh, she stole a recording from artists, which is common with K-pop. We've seen that with like Southeast Asia and in Europe where like people like basically like rip off K-pop and they'll claim it's their own. There's yeah. been a couple of high profile cases of that with BTS. Now, it's not only English songs that have been covered by Korean artists. In 2018, Super Junior released Ahora Te Puedes Machar. It was a cover of Luis Miguel's hit 1987 song. As Super Junior has a ton of fans in Latin America, it was a welcome surprise for fans. However, the group didn't just cover the song. No, 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 no. This is Super Junior we're talking about. They also recreated the music video itself, point for point, with each member dressing up to play as Louis Miguel. So they tried to do shot for shot exactly. It is very impressive, and in my personal opinion, it is one of the coolest things they've ever done to date. <laughs> However, Louis Miguel's version wasn't the first iteration of this song, as it was released in English as I Only Want to Be With You as the debut single for Dusty Springfield in 1964. I remember this song coming out and it's just as good as I remember. Oh my gosh. I love the whole thing. And like you said, I I didn't realize that they were doing shot for shot. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, I love that it's kind of like old fashioned and all this stuff, but it's because it's shot for shot and that makes so much more sense and just the fact that they're all essentially they're playing Luis Miguel it's so funny to watch them just have cuts and then it's another member and another cut and it's another member but they're they're all dressed the exact same way I don't know I just the wigs it. it's great it's a wonderful music video it's great I love how they were so serious about getting the expressions down mm -hmm. like my two favorites of the music video just like just to watch their faces are Unhyuk who starts it off and then Neowook. Both of them have like the most... Oh, and also Shindong is really great in the music video. Just like their expressions. And then I love how it ends on Ye Song. <laughs> he just nails it. It is so funny. It is so super junior though to do something so out of left field and so funny, but so good. That's why I feel like that's like what super junior is. They are one of the best... If not, yeah, they're definitely in the top three best entertainers, like best entertainer oh, K-pop groups. Oh, for sure, yeah. They're there yeah. to entertain and they're great at it. Like they're naturals on variety shows and they have been since the beginning when they had their own little show. They are very consistent or like when they went on Weekly Idol and they just like drove the poor MCs up the wall. <laughs> just like they're with their shenanigans, but that's just super junior and the more of them that come the more chaotic it is but even with less though they can still have that same energy mm -hmm. which i noticed that with some groups that are like bigger like 17 or nct how it's like oh when you get a lot of people together and with certain personalities you can get these really off the wall things but super junior it's just they get an idea and off they go i love it whenever they go bother other groups that are supposed to be very chaotic and the other groups are just like get away from me <laughs> they're just horrified they don't know how to react. That's also something that I think is very impressive about Super Junior. They still can surprise people after all this time. Now, let's go talk about one of my favorite tracks on here. Min, take it away. So, in the year 2009, a lot of good music was released. 
But one of the songs that was released was Weezung did a cover of Insomnia. So Weezung's Insomnia is a cover of David Craig's song Insomnia from 2008. And what's so fun about it is that this is a true cover. This is not a remake, not a sample. Weezung's Insomnia is a true cover of the David Craig songs because Craig actually wanted to spread the popularity of the song through Asia. So he actually chose for Weezung to do a cover of the song, which is really weird. Like that's a weird way to spread a song because I remember Craig's song being on the radio in like 2008 when it came out. So I'm being like, hi, I want somebody else to remake this entire song for Asia. Oh wait, it's still a good song and it's a bop. And, and there was also a remix that features both Weezung and Craig on it, but you can't buy because Weezung released the single as like a normal single release with like the single, instrumental, and then the remix, but you can't buy like one of his title albums and expect to find Insomnia on it because it's not. I love this song because I didn't hear the David Craig version first. I heard the Weezung version and I kind of knew it was a cover because when I first started listening to Weezung in 2003 on his album, I think it was called With Me. I think that's what it was. He had one or two songs that were in English. So him doing Insomnia, it had a similar sound to it where it's like, that's believable. Like, it was really enjoyable, actually, this cover. Yeah. So it's actually one of my favorites. And then I like that Min brought it up, and I'm like, oh, we have to... Or did I bring it up? And then you jumped on it. But <laughs> I was just, like, really excited to have somebody talk about this song, because it's so good. But I feel like it's part of Song's discography that's very hard to find. Like, I really want to own it, but it is not on iTunes, and I'm very upset. Yeah. So Weezung is an artist that I obviously know about. I don't know why I know his music. Like, it must have come out on some variety show or something. And, like, I know his voice, I know his face. And, unfortunately, in the past few years, he's been going through some struggles. So he's been in the news a lot. But his voice is so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. And the beginning of the video, I really love this. He's miming out, like, the word love with his hands as he sings it, and it just yeah. is so late 2000s. My sisters and I, we would be on photo booth on those brick Macs, and we'd, like, sit there with our fingers, and we'd put love together. Like, oh, it just was so nostalgic. <laughs> I I am obsessed. I love it. He's, oh, I really need to get into his music. It's so good. Yeah, I can help you with that. I'm a big Weezong fan. Yes, Old school Weezong. I have gaps in my knowledge, <laughs> but I enjoy his music. Fair, fair. He was also another one who was in a group. He was in, I believe it was A4 before he became a solo artist. Really? Oh, that's cool. I think that's the one that was in the same company as Baby Vox. Like they oh. were, that was like their brother group mm-hmm. that did not do well. Oh, <laughs> obviously, since he's a solo singer now. <laughs> Well, sometimes there's groups that are successful. Then they go yeah. on to be also successful soloists like Unjiwan. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right. So my last song or pick for this episode is Born Singer by BTS. And again, this is 
not like the other songs because this isn't an official release. I wouldn't call it a mixtape because it's like a single song, but it's the same idea as a mixtape. You take the music from another artist and you put your own take on it, essentially. BTS members have done a few mixtapes in the past. So it's a way to take a song. Obviously, they're not saying that it's their own song, but it's a way to take one and put their own lyrics to it without having to pay for it. Like, they just put it up on YouTube or something like that. But there's no legal repercussions for doing that, as far as I know, because people continue to do so. <laughs> Born Singer is a remake, quote-unquote, of the J. Cole song Born Sinner. And both were released in 2013. J. Cole's song was released in June of 2013, which was actually the same month that BTS debuted. And then just a month later, the boys' version came out and was released in July. And I knew that the song was a remake, but I don't I didn't know who J. Cole was. And both versions are really good. They're both what's the word I'm looking for? They have different contexts, obviously. But the BTS version is great. I love the vocal line, particularly on this song. I think they sound incredible. And the raps are really good, too. But yeah, I don't know how many people... I'm sure BTS fans are well aware of this. And I was a pretty big BTS fan in 2015. I would like go and find the ripped versions from YouTube or whatever, and I would download them, and I'd be like... This is fantastic. I like this version more than the original version or something like that um, <laughs> because they've done they've done quite a few uh, covers and they put them up on like SoundCloud or something. I don't know. But this one, yeah, really good. I enjoy it. Check it out. Check out both of them. They're they're very nice. All right. Why don't you finish us off? Give us the last song. So the last song we're going to be talking about is JTL's 2001 hit, A Better Day. It was originally a Norwegian poem but then it was made into a song by Norwegian artist Varsog in 1977. And then in 1999, Multicycle, also Norwegian, did a version of it called Not For The Doe. And it was actually JTL's debut song. It was their first release after H.O.T. disbanded when three of the members left SM and they had a little group. It lasted for a couple of years. And it's a very pretty ballad song, especially because in the early 2000s, ballads were like the thing. But the weirdest thing about this is that it was put together by Jaywon, who is the youngest member, and it makes no sense how he found it or why he chose it. <laughs> because from all sources, he was only into hip hop. Like, his own solo music that he was releasing around a year or two after this, and his influences when he first started writing music on their third album as H.O.T., were all hip-hop. He only had hip-hop influences. So I have no idea where this came from. This does not seem like anything in his wheelhouse. How would J1 find Norwegian music? I don't understand. Especially because A Better Day, to me at least, sounds like it's a combination of the Varsog song and the multi-cycle song. It doesn't make sense. He did research on this Norwegian poem song, and I don't know why. <laughs> if I ever get the chance to interview him, I will ask him this, because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he wasn't into any other kind of music except hip-hop, but he knew this Norwegian thing? Like, unless someone, like, tipped him off about it, but apparently it was his idea. According to all sources, so I don't understand it 
Min, what's your take on a random K-pop artist who's normally to hip-hop finding Norwegian music? I remember the multi-sided song very well, as well as the JTL song very well. But the thing that has always stuck with me more is that the multi-sided song uses some music that is from a movie. Not necessarily, I'm not sure if it's from a movie, but very similar to the 1975 movie, It sounds very similar to that, and thus it just instantly sounds nostalgic because of that movie. (laughs) So it's a bit weird, but A Better Day, great song. Not for the dough, also great songs, so should listen to it. Get into Norwegian music. <laughs> you never know, it might become a K-pop song one day. A lot of Norwegian and a lot of Swedish people. I think there was more Swedish people working in the K-pop production than Norwegians. But there is some companies in this country that makes K-pop. <laughs> so, you know. There's also a Norwegian band called Big Bang that was around before the K-pop Big Bang. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they did the a song Norwegian, about it. Yeah, which is hilarious. And it's also... In the Norwegian K-pop discords, there will always be some new K-pop fan that is like, what? Big Bang is coming to Norway? And everybody's like, no, no, it's the Norwegian band. They're they're having a concert like they do, because they do concerts in this country. Happens every like three years, there is some new fan that is like, oh, this? And it's like, no, no child. Sweet summer child, no. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> And you have to let them down every single time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, JR, what were you going to say? I, yeah, I love this song. I absolutely love it. The sad horn in the background the whole time was like, yes, it's so good. And yeah, the chorus is just super pretty and it's really melancholy. I don't know. I just like it a lot. It sounds very, it's so funny when I think like things sound nostalgic for a time where I was like, I don't know, one year old. <laughs> Two, no, wait, hold on. In 2001, I was not one, but I was a child. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's like this weird, like nostalgia. And I don't know. I just, it spoke to me on a different level. I enjoyed it a lot. Y'all might be shocked to hear that this is not my favorite JTL song. <laughs> this is not one of their best, in my opinion. J1's music is very much, even though he's my bias, very much hit or miss. <laughs> I love him, but... And now that you know that, let's wrap this up. To wrap up, there are a lot of K-pop songs that were originally songs or demos you might not be aware of. The topic has interested us for a long time, and we really hope that you like it too. There are more songs out there like that, and if you look at our Google Doc for this episode, you will see more on there. So, now on to the song of the day. So, August 1st, 2013, 2-4-K released their second single, You Are So Cute. And I love the song so much. I think we mentioned this in a previous episode, because their concept went from, ooh, masculine, buff, angsty boys to we are super cute like you can see it in some of the members eyes that they are struggling to keep up the egg yo for that music video 
like watch them, especially in their dances or when members are in the background of the video, you can see some of them being like, oh lord, what has my life come to? <laughs> I regret all of my decisions. But it's a great song. And 24K has uh, been through a lot, but their music is good. So you should go, go listen to You Are So Cute. You should also probably listen to like Hurry Up and all their other songs, Superfly, whatnot. But You Are So Cute is the best one and will always be my favorite one, even though the boys probably hate it. <laughs> it was done under duress, but it was great. Yes. <laughs> Here is your trivia question of the day. A lot of demo songs eventually became popular K-pop songs that could be found online. But do you know who sang on the original demo for EXO's The Eve? If you do know... Please contact us on social media and we'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSunbase or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also, don't forget that our next episode comes out on August 15th. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Annyeong.